Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 23 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And in today's episode, we are going to cover one of the items that came up uh, when we at, when we surveyed a lot of you, when we asked, what's the number one biggest practice, biggest obstacle or biggest problem your practice is facing in regards to coding, billing, and reimbursement? And one of the things that came up pretty commonly was changes or new new rules or new, new things coming down. And so what we wanted to do and cover today, and, and by the way, uh, this, we, we gathered this information, uh, from, uh, everybody who downloaded the sneak peek of the E&M 2021 pocket card, which you can go to this episode, uh, episode 23 and find a link to it. So if you, if you didn't get your copy of the sneak peek of the E&M pocket card, Please do that now. You're more than welcome to. Uh, it's not the final. The final will be coming out later this year, but uh, but you can go get that now. So one of the things that uh, we wanted to cover was the new, in doing this, the new ICD-10 uh, codes. So the what what's coming up in ICD-10 and really go through kind of what you have to look forward to, forward to in regards to ICD-10, and Ray would like to, uh, I think you were going to share a little bit about your thoughts of ICD-10 and kind of give us some history or give us some some backstory, if you will. Thanks, Scott. Uh, I'd like to share with you the fact that, well, many of you know that I started practice in the 70s, and at that time, uh, we had to give a diagnosis code, but it wasn't tied to our payment. And I am very empathetic with all of those practicing today. I'm sure glad I'm not having to deal with the ICD-10. It's unfortunate that they've made things so complicated and so detailed, and they have it tied to your payment. It's good to have the detail in data collection, but to tie it to the payment and to create the chaos at times of having to pick not the most correct code for what you did, but one that is correct and will also get you paid. So uh, my empathy is with you but you do have to pay attention to the details. So Mark will bring you up to date. All right. Well, thanks for that. And uh, now let's, uh, Mark, can you update us on what's going on? Give us a little more background on this. Sure. Um, so, yeah, as we as we moved from ICD-9 to ICD-10 uh, a few years ago, you may recall um, that it was painful. Um, not only getting your system changed, but learning all the new codes. And, and then, of course, there was 
the payment delays that happened within Medicare as they updated all their LCDs at the uh, for the new codes. And then the first year that they updated ICD-10, so the, the first year after the implementation, we had this, roughly the same thing. We had a lot of changes because they'd they sat on the updates to the ICD codes for three years while they kicked the can down the road on the updates or the implementation side. And so when the updates came through, we had another slow uh, pay issue based on the changes that were implemented. So for a while, I think a lot of us dreaded the ICD-10 updates coming out. And Ray is correct, the ICD-10 CPT tie uh, at this point in time, is uh, not only there, but getting actually a little bit tighter as payers and uh, and and really Medicare as well are trying to really tie down CPT codes to ICD codes submitted at the same time. And we're seeing a number of denials across the board for groups that are either putting ICD-10 codes in the wrong order or forgetting to add uh, ICD-10 codes, or um, or the other one is they're providing services for which the ICD-10 or the, the the disease that's documented in the record is not included. So um, it, it is an unfortunate piece, but a reality that we have to deal with uh, as we go through. So making sure that you're up to date uh, with ICD-10 uh, and, and understanding the ties that ICD-10 has to the CPT codes is very important and unfortunately payer specific in some cases. So you do wanna make sure you get these updates in uh, as soon as possible. And I think one of the things that people uh, maybe lose track of a little bit is that ICD-10 updates on October 1st, not on January 1st when the CPT codes do. So. You got it. We're already coming up on it. And by the time you listen to this podcast, it's already time to start looking at things. Now, the good news is, is that the changes that they're making to ICD-10 year over year uh, after that first update really have not been as significant or as uh, hand wringing or 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 really impactful. And, and this year is no different. So today we're going to go over the updates to ICD-10 for 2021. Uh, again, those go into effect on October 1st. And we really only had a few changes that affect it, that are going to affect urology directly. Uh, first off, in the uh, nephritic uh, and nephrotic area of the Chapter 14, which is diseases of the genital urinary system, for codes N00, N01, N02, N03, N04, N05, N06, and N07, there was a new code added uh, with a point A for each one of those codes to indicate that C3 glomerulonephritis uh, is present in the patient. So, again, these are, are are not huge changes and probably won't affect a number of urologists day to day, but those are new codes. Uh, you do want to make sure, again, that those are added in 
to your electronic medical record uh, and can go to both AUA Coding Today, uh, the CMS website, uh, or uh, you can also go to uh, your various coding sources to try and get those updates so you're ready to go for the beginning of the beginning of the ICD-10 year, which is October 1st. A couple of other changes that they, they made, uh, no, they did expand uh, under the definition of chronic uh, kidney disease, so CKD stage three. They added some specificity, so code N18.3 is no longer a uh, specific code. You are going to have to add a fifth digit. Uh, they added a 3, uh, 0.30, 0.31, and 0.32 to provide some additional staging information for CKD stage 3. You've got unspecified, 3A, and 3B now uh, for that. Now, they did not change any of the other codes relative to GU, nor did we have, from what I uh, scanned through, any changes in the symptoms codes the R code series that we use. Now, there were, of course, some new codes related to COVID uh, that did get added this year that you, that you may want to look at, but those were added back in April, so you may be using those already. Uh, and then they did make a clarification or add a clarification and inclusion for code N20.1 uh, that now says that a calculus of the ureteral pelvic junction it should be classified as a calculus of the ureter. Uh, so uh, that's a small change. Again, it doesn't change the coding itself. That's actually a, an instruction or a directive that has been added underneath the code. So luckily, we don't have a ton of changes in urology for ICD-10 this year. Uh, but again, I, I will reiterate that ICD-10 specificity and ICD-10 relationships to CPT codes are an increasing problem. So you can get better uh, with those codes uh, and build your list. Make sure that your billing department, uh, you as a, a, a physician or an APP, or uh, you as a, uh, an MA uh, can, can help set up and, and really help navigate some of these changes because and, and, and I mean changes in the ICD-10 CPT relationship as it relates to payment because they do affect the amount of work that's done by your billing staff and by the overall practice as it affects denials, appeals, uh, all of those things that are related to the work to getting paid for the work that you do. So you do want to try and keep an eye on those things and you have to keep an eye on them by payer. It, it's, 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 as Ray mentioned, problematic, uh, but it is something that, that with systems you can tackle. Excellent. Well, what we can do is uh, we'll put those codes in the uh, episode notes. Uh, so if you go to prsnetwork.com forward slash zero two three, you can uh, see those new codes that Mark mentioned. And uh, in addition to that, we will, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, put a link to the how to get the sneak peek for the uh, E&M 2021 pocket card. So anything else to add, Ray? Happy coding, everyone. Yeah, I, I wanted to add one other thing. You know, we've got we've now had our first E&M seminar 
and I've had a chance to do the another version of the NM seminar, and it's been interesting as we've rolled out these changes across the board, and the discussions that have surrounded these changes have been uh, very illuminating as to how the changes are going to have to be ad- adapted to, and. One of the, the common things and, and that we've learned is that it really is a big change as it relates to the presenting problem component of medical decision making. So I would encourage you uh, again to join us for the E&M uh, coding seminars, the webinars that, we've, that we are putting on, and you can find those uh, probably at the podcast, uh, but we've had some very robust discussions uh, I think I've been talking to Scott about Matt, maybe adding a couple of the webinar sessions as we get closer to the end of the year uh, to really go through uh, what you need to do relative to those changes because th- it does represent a significant change in the thought process and having some discussions and, and really going through all of the issues is going to be important as we get ready for next year. Yeah, agreed. And it was interesting on the uh, workshop, the actual live workshop, the discussion uh, or surrounding different scenarios. It was a very uh, interesting discussion. And when we went through the different, uh, you know, the, the scenarios for uh, how to apply the new medical decision making uh, logic to the codes, uh, definitely sparked some some interesting comments from from all. So, uh, yeah, we definitely encourage you. You know, we've created the expert's guide to mastering E&M, the, the new E&M rules. And uh, we've got some great stuff in there that'll get you prepared and get you prepared in as little as three hours. So so we can really help you out if you go to the podcast. I'm going to say start getting you prepared because I think it's going to take a few exposures. Uh, definitely some practice. Stuff to really get that. <laughs> yes. So it's it's hey. a... It's a thought shift. Yes. Yes, and I I would encourage you to start uh, now, too, because uh, at first brush, the new documentation guidelines related to medical decision-making look very complicated. But once you truly understand them, they're not that different. And uh, it's kind of like the... uh, but you got to have a full understanding of it before it hits you. It's kind of like the old joke that many of you have heard me tell at our, our seminars that I won't bore you now, but you need to see the light. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an open-ended, uh, uh, you're leaving them hanging there, so you've got to tell your joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> All right. So to be continued. All right. Any, uh, any last thoughts? No, I'm good. Thanks. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency. So there's time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, The Juicery, 
with extra pulp and special guests.